Thank you for joining us on the Underdog Podcast, the place where we believe at one point in your life, you were an underdog and overcame adversity. And for that reason, we want to hear your story. I am your boy, Calvin Blackman. And I am Kyle Decker. This episode is powered by BetterHelp. Here at The Underdog, we know life can be difficult, and sometimes you need to talk to someone. That's why we have partnered with BetterHelp, the leader in online therapy. Underdog listeners can save 10% on their first month. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash underdog. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com forward slash underdog to get your discount today. Jim is an accomplished sports agent and entrepreneur skilled in many opportunities across entertainment and the business world. With his father leaving his family and many other adverse moments, Jim has still found a way to be today's Jerry Maguire. Welcome to the UDP, Jim. Great to have you, man. Thanks for having me, fellas. I appreciate it. Definitely, man. Yeah, I gave him the the Jerry Maguire because I saw, you know. Man, like, yeah, that's you're setting the you're setting the baseline pretty high there. So now now that's the underdog mentality. Now I got to catch back up. I see how you guys work now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I was like when I saw and then. It's so weird. I know we we probably crossed paths in college multiple times, but um, you know, just following your career and just seeing everything and the evolution and all the great things which we're going to get into. But I thought that was a good fitting. We were, we were working on the intro. I was like, man, he's like Jerry Maguire. Like, show me the money. Like, he's got it. He's just you know, he's always high energy. I love it. I love your the stuff. Uh, must follow online for those. I know we'll, we'll give the platforms, but uh, really appreciate your time and look forward to diving into your underdog story. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, I'm actually really excited to to be on here. I, um, in terms of media and branding, I prefer to be the Wizard of Oz in a sense. Um, you know, my job is to be a fiduciary for my clients, right? So I don't really do a lot of these types of things. So I intentionally scheduled it. I'm I'm Catholic. I went to group Catholic. I went to Catholic uh, grade school and high school um, on Good Friday intentionally. Um, to use some time to reflect and to talk. And uh, I really want to work with like-minded people and I appreciate you guys putting together um, everything, your, your success and your story. Um, and obviously the Miami of Ohio ties, you know, shout out, love and honor. So um, this has just been something I've been looking forward to um, a lot. And it's just, I've been looking forward to it on my calendar. So I appreciate you guys, you know, one, congratulations on your success and, and two, thanks for having me on. It's an honor. Yeah, absolutely, man. I know we're gonna uh, we're, we'll, we'll make it a good Friday for sure. So uh, let's get let's let's get into your story. I know here at the Underdog, we like to uh, they're laughing because I just said that about Good Friday, but that's what we're gonna do. Absolutely, <laughs> Bring the energy. Having an uh, honor Jim here. Let's go. <laughs> so uh, at, you know, with this being the Underdog, we like to really highlight uh, you know an adverse moment in in our guests' lives that the audience can really relate to. And you had mentioned, you know, uh, your father leaving the family um, at, at one point uh, being a very adver- adverse moment for yourself. So uh, if you could take, you know, take us back to really kind of that time, you know, and what that what that event was like and, and how you maybe have grown and learned from it. And then we'll kind of progress into uh, your journey of success. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just so you guys know, this is the first time I've ever talked about this publicly. So I've, I've come a long way. Um but yeah, in between, uh, probably towards the end of my, towards the end of high school, um, moving into college, 
Um, I just felt my family dynamic was off a little bit. Um, and unfortunately discovered that my father had, you know, another family and another life and, and was, was essentially living two lives. Um, I, at the time just left, uh, St. Ignatius high school in Cleveland. I transitioned to Miami of Ohio. Um, I moved through my freshman year. Um, and my brother at the time was at John Carroll. I have a brother who's a year younger. So there's just the two of us, two brothers, um, family of four, my mom, my dad, um, my brother and myself, both of us, you know, flew the coop essentially went to college. Um, so empty home and that's kind of when things, um, were magnified in terms of things that I noticed that, that were just a little, a little off. Um, and just a level set, you know, my dad was someone that I idolized and look up to. And for the first half of my life, essentially, um, was my role model, my best friend, my coach, um, he's very supportive. I was very fortunate that, you know, my dad was the breadwinner in the family. Um, you know, we weren't by any means rich, um, but we were, you know, above average. I never, I never really struggled or, you know, if I needed something, we had it right. You know, every baseball season, I got new cleats and a new bat. I didn't have to ask. It just, it just happened. So, um, I was very grateful and fortunate for those things. Um, so my dad provided, uh, financially for our family. And then that paradigm just kind of shifted. Um, once my brother and I went away and my mom was left at home, um, the, our family dynamic changed. Um, I was obviously separated from my brother who was, you know, obviously one of my best friends as well. And, and my mom and my dad was kind of off with his, his, his second life doing what, you know, whatever he was doing. And my mom was essentially abandoned. Um, and my brother and I just made that transition into the next chapter, you know, major chapter of our lives where we moved away from home for the first time and, and we're entering into a new space in our lives. So it was, uh, the timing was very interesting. Um, and that's, that, that kind of sets the stage in terms of timeline. Um, I guess, does that, does that make sense in terms of timeline? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, you know, I can't even imagine, uh, I always say, you know, every time you, you, you see people every day and you just never, you can look at someone, you never know what they're going through. And, you know, I've, it, it probably wasn't something that was apparent if someone just walked past you and smiled. Uh, and, you know, I lost my father when I was eight. So uh, in, in a completely different dynamic, my father passed of a, just a freak accident, you know? So for me growing I'm up, sorry to hear that. I appreciate it. So, you know, growing up and not having a father, you know, it wasn't until I got older till I started to kind of look back and say, you know, I never had a father sitting in the stands watching me play sports. And a lot of the things that I saw a lot of my friends had were you on the flip side was had a father who was there for, you know, the first half of your life, as you said, and was a huge influence for you um, and did a lot of good things. But then all of a sudden, you know, abruptly, you know, you, you find out this unfortunate news, man. So, uh, you, you know, I think, again, it goes back to you still as we're going to get into, we're able to find a way and, you know, find some success and, and, and figure out, you know, what adversity can actually do for you in life and become a positive, you know? Yeah. And let's, let's kind of dive into that. I would say like, take it to that moment. <clears throat> so you're saying you're Jim, you're at Miami, your brother's at John Carroll, 
your dad leaves. So how do you, you know, you're going through college, which is a really, you know, uh, transitional time in our lives that we're doing a lot of development, a lot of things going on. Right. Um, and, and so how do you overcome, get through, you know, to, to Calvin's point, how do you get through the college years and then into your career? how did that, how did you kind of get past your dad leaving the family, which I'm sure is obviously completely devastating. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, this is the first time I've ever kind of publicly talked about this. Um, and I don't mind sharing because I hope that, um, given the nature of this, this, this setting and podcast and what you guys have built in the platform and the, the audience that engaging, I hope that there are people that, you know, listen to me babble for 45 to 60 minutes that they at least take away a few things that they could apply to their life that could be helpful. Um, and that are meaningful, but it, uh, it, it, this stuff is a little more personal, but, um, it was just, it was a very strange time, right? I'm at Miami of Ohio, separated from my mother and father, um, my brother that John Carroll, we both leave, um, at that point in our lives, you know, my, my dad, my dad was the one that taught me how to shoot a basketball. He was the one that taught me how to swing a baseball bat. He coached all of our teams. He pushed us. He, he taught me how to play golf. He, he taught me how to understand in analytics behind sports. He taught me strategy behind sports, all of those things. So that's just the, the sports perspective. Right. And, and, but he was also, you know, the, the role model in my life and the, the man you looked up to. So to have that massive, and I, I think our stories are kind of, same outcome, right? Like in terms of end results, um, but just a little, uh, I guess, inverse is the right, I don't know if that's the right word or not, um, but just a little, a, a little different. Um, but it, it, it was sudden in the sense that, you know, I think my parents were married for 25 years um, or approaching their 25th anniversary. Um, so my mom and, and dad were together um, for a very, very long time. Um, we had you know, outside looking in this, this perfect little family, my brother and I, you're part two boys growing up playing sports, great dad, coach, awesome. And my mom is, I can't say enough about my mom. My mom is a saint. She is, uh, she's on the short list for canonization as far as I'm concerned. Um, she's, she's, she's an amazing woman. So <clears throat> I think the, in terms of, you know, you, you talk about, your experience and it being sudden, um, it, it, it was sudden, but it wasn't sudden for me. So I saw things as I became, I guess, as I started to grow into a man, right. Um, and I started to understand what that meant. Um, I don't think I really had a grasp of that until kind of towards the, the end of high school and, you know, St. Ignatius high school in Cleveland, um, is about building men for others and about building men and preparing us for the real world to be successful and giving us the tools that we need. And I think half of that, that education, um, and the, the, just, just the ethics and the values that were instilled with me, um, throughout high school, um, and how they trickled over into college, um, is something that has always stuck with me. And then, just being on the outside looking in and just seeing how, you know, my mom was, was being treated, um, just wasn't, wasn't fair. And, and, and that's why I say it wasn't sudden because I, I saw this build up as I, 
as I was a senior in high school, as I became a freshman, as I moved into my sophomore year, um, you know, my mom kept being put in a worse and worse place. And, you know, my mom, um, my mom's had the same job for, I don't know, I think she had her 30 year anniversary or something crazy like that um, recently. So she's, she's dated my, she's, she's dated my dad forever. They've been married for 25 years. My mom had a job for 30 years. Like my mom was her role in our family was to, to raise my brother and I essentially. Um, and my dad was the breadwinner. So the, the sudden part of it was that during my sophomore year of high of, of college at Miami, um, I used my spring break to go home and to solidify the fact that I was indeed right that something was off with my family. Um, I didn't know the depth of it until um, I did a little bit of fact gathering and, and recon um, of, of kind of you know, what my dad was doing. Um, so I used that time and that break in that week and, and came to a very objective co- co- conclusion. And, and, you know, it's, it's hard to be objective when you're that emotional, right? You only get one mom and one dad and my role model and my, my guy is not, not who, who I thought he was. And, and maybe he never was, I, I'm not sure. Maybe something happened. I, I, I don't know. I've never had the chance to ask him, but, um, you know, I, I was the one that had to sit my mom down and tell her. Um, so that was kind of the moment, right? To answer your question, <clears throat> that was the moment where that was probably the hardest moment of my life. And that was the, the, the defining moment, if you will, right? Um, sophomore, Miami of Ohio, my brother's at, um, at the time, John Carroll. And I had to come home for, for, for spring break and gather that concrete evidence because, um, and, and go present that to my mom. And one of the things I struggled with was that, you know, I'm a firm believer that in a relationship, whether it be you and your client, you and your son, you and your girlfriend, you know, you guys, right. Your relationship personally as, as, as friends or coworkers or peers, you know, that's between two people. Right. So I don't want to stick my nose in my parents' marriage because it's, it's, it's not mine. Right. Like, I don't, I don't know what that relationship is like, except how my relationship with my mom and my dad. So it was just a really hard conversation to have, um, but necessary because I saw how it was impacting my mom and it was very negative um, and draining and toxic. And I just couldn't, based on everything that I've learned at Ignatius um, in terms of, you know, be being a, a man for others, um, and the ethics and values there that it, you know, I, I had to tell my mom. So that was probably one of the hardest conversations that I've ever had to have in my life. A lot of what I experienced at that age, um, it seems like yesterday, right? It's, it's something that it's crazy to think that it was, you know, I'm using air quotes right now and you can't see me, um, but so long ago, um, but it seems like yesterday, like I'll, 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 I'll never forget that day. It's still something that carries with me in every meeting, every conversation, my mentality, how I'm structured, how I'm wired, how I think, how I, how I work and how I operate. Um, and that, that is what honestly I think has allowed me to be, you know, I don't know if I'm, I'm successful or not. I guess, you know, we'll, we'll see when the shot clock runs out. It, it depends how, you, you, you know, your, your measures of success, what's your, 
what's your yardstick and how are you measuring success? But my mentality changed. Um, and I think it's that mentality that has allowed me to be successful, um, or at least perceived to be successful. I, my success, I, I consider myself successful when I enable others to be successful. Um, that's really where, how I define success for me. Um, when my, you know, friends are successful or my teammates are successful or my now, you know, my, my clients at the time in, in management consulting were successful. Um, when my athletes are successful now, um, I think a lot of that comes from, you know, I was almost shaped at a very impactful age to, to be objective and methodical. And I don't want to say emotionless. I think if I'm being real with you guys, like it, you know, even with my girlfriend today, like it's sometimes it's hard for me to be vulnerable, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm just not wired like that. Like I killed that piece of, of me off. It's buried somewhere deep inside of me, but you know, I've been in some pretty crazy meetings and situations, whether it be, you know, CEOs of fortune 50 companies in management consulting or, you know, negotiating a major endorsement deal or a title fight, or, you know, Miles Garrett makes a mistake and happens to hit someone in the head with a helmet because of a, a, a crazy situation. But all of those things, there's a lot of emotion and there's a lot of variables and there's a lot of noise and, and I'm able to instinctually just put the blinders up and, and focus. And the way I work is just, it, it, it literally is methodical. I, I problem solve. I, I look at upside and downside. Um, I calculate it. I'm very analytically focused. I'm a huge quant guy. I think numbers tell the story. Numbers never lie. Um, and I use all of those kind of tools in my toolkit to tackle whatever, you know, the day brings me, um, throughout my life since then. Um, but I do think that it's a blessing and a curse, right? Like it's, it's allowed me to be successful in business. Um, but it's also, uh, I have a pretty small circle. Um, I'm very fortunate to have a, a, a very good small group of brothers and guy friends. Um, I have a great girlfriend, but it's also hard too, because I'm not, uh, I'm not as open. I'm not as vulnerable. I'm not as emotional, um, it really, really takes a lot to make me angry. You know, I get upset and, you know, people disagree and I disagree a lot with a lot of things. Um, but to really piss me off takes a lot. Um, well, you're hanging around, you got some, you got some guys I, that, that, that could, not that you need any protection because you're in pretty good <laughs> damn shape yourself. But I think you get, you know, a couple of fighters <laughs> that would probably come to your, to your I, side if you ever needed it. I, but I want to jump in. I thought I do. Yeah, I, I do. I have some, I do have some good people, you know, <laughs> that I have surrounded myself with, but sure. it's a, it, it's allowed me to take a very objective look at some of, of their, their problems or their situations and, and be a true fiduciary and really be able to tease out, okay, this is the strategy we're going to formulate and this is how we're going to execute it. And this is the degree of probability that it's going to be successful. And this is how we're going to measure it. And this is how we're going to go and do that. Right. And a lot of people don't have that. Um, 
in my opinion, and and I could be totally wrong, right? Like I I don't know the 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 psychology behind it, but I can tell you from my experience that you know I'm able to sit in very intense meetings where there's a lot of you know very important sensitive things on the line. I'm not even talking financially, but the livelihood of others, um, futures. And at first it, it was scary. Right. Um, but I found myself to be very good at that. And ultimately my, I think my best asset is my ability to objectively problem solve in a systematic way, um, to produce success or produce, you know, to drive towards a goal or a KPI. On the flip side, it's it's incredibly challenging for me to grow deep relationships with folks that haven't gone through that type of experience, um, especially with, you know, at this point in my life, you know, like with my girlfriend and 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 being able to be to, to open up and to talk about those type of things and to, to grow and to kind of peel back the layers to really build relationships of substance. Um, that's the, that's the downside, right? Business, you, you, you have great relationships, um, but it's pretty much predicated on, you know, you, you both, you know, each party being mutually beneficial and, and succeeding. Um, I'm good at making that happen. Um, I would like to think I'm good. I, I, I hope one day it can be great. Um, but on the other side, it's in my personal life. Uh, I feel like I've, I've missed a lot and I've given up a lot. Um, Sure. And I think and just to jump, jump in real right? quick, Jim, I, I think, first of all, I mean, you're so self-aware. I mean, that's, that's a, to me is a trait, like I said, just you analyzing kind of your strengths and weaknesses that you're just aware and you're vulnerable to share that with us. And, you know, the audience is super, um, once again, another commendable trait, uh, that is very valuable and, uh, respected. But I think the one thing we're in the people business, I think, the one thing I'm, I'm hearing from you, which which I love, so we're in the people business, you are too. So how to manage relationships and then being self-aware and then adding metrics and analytics and efficiency of process and then maintaining composure in tight pressure situations. I honestly, trying to be self-aware myself here, don't always handle the pressure. I think I've, I've learned through experience to be better, you know, in, in maturity through business, I was at a young age uh, startup, you know, and started growing this company and went through a lot of growing pains. A lot of things I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh. But those learning opportunities, probably like with you being in more and more situations, it does help. Um, that experience does help shape how you attack, you know, future KPIs and how do you get desirable and valuable outcomes. And so anyway, I just wanted to, to let you know how beneficial for me to hear you in a whole different industry it's somewhat similar and there's a lot of synergy between, between us. So, um, a lot of great things, but I just really wanted to, to talk about the self-awareness. And let me, let me add on to that. It's going to be a little bit more lighthearted. When I went to college, I wanted to be a sports agent. Uh, and if you look at my profile, it says that, but hold on, you wanted to be, we had, we just had Gary Owen on here. You want to be a comedian. I'm funny. Now you want to be a sports agent. What else do we got here? The, and neither one, but neither one of them happened. <laughs> Want to play in the NFL? That didn't, that didn't happen. happen. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's for another day. Let's talk about being the president, and I make sure I say this right. Is it colleague? Is that right? I always worried about if I say that. Uh, does I say that right? Colleague, Caleb. That's right. Yeah, colleague sports entertainment. Okay. Now you're the president, and I know you guys you teamed up with Matt. Tell us a little bit about the current state 
of, of affairs and what you're doing that led up to all of this. And then we'll get to rapid fire. <clears throat> yeah, sure. So I graduated, um, accounting and finance, um, from Miami. Um, I had an accounting internship. It was, uh, you know, you either go into audit or tax. I didn't like either, um, to sit for the CPA. You, I think you need 138. If I remember correctly, you need 138 credit hours to graduate your undergrad, you know, 150 to sit for the CPA. You got to make up that difference. Most people get their master's in accounting. I didn't like accounting. I picked up finance. That's why I went to LLC. I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to be an investment banker. This is what I want to do. I'm going to go to the best school in the world, which was London. Packed my bags. Um, I didn't think I was going to get in. I got in. It was great. I came back and Lehman Brothers crashed. G Capital flipped upside down. I was interviewing against guys that had 15 years of experience. So I was just getting slaughtered in second round interviews. Um, so I'm like, well, all right, this isn't going to really work. So now what? Um, so then I started interviewing for consulting jobs. So I worked for a big management consulting firm um, for almost four years-ish, five years. Um, and then you kind of reach a point where you pick your expertise and your specialty and you you run down that partner path and you own either a vertical or a client and that's your expertise. And I just didn't really have any desire to do that. Um, I'm not really, uh, I felt caged, right? I just don't, I don't, uh, I just don't do well in those situations um, where I don't have kind of, I, I learned how valuable time is. And I felt, I feel like sometimes my time was being mismanaged and there was nothing I could do about it. So like, I was like, all right, well, I have all this education, this experience. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to go out and I like sports. I like analytics. I, I, I worked for a firm that's the best problem solving firm in, in the world. I can do this, right? Like I have a game plan. I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm living in Chicago at the time. Um, so I started a sports agency in my basement off of a folding table. Um, I got into combat sports because I knew a few guys and also like the governance to get in. Like I'm not an attorney. I wasn't barred. So like I... I partnered with an attorney um, and I started a sports agency from my basement and we grew it from five years to where it is today. And <clears throat> at the time, I just knew I wanted to do something on my own. I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I thought I had the best game plan ever. And being an entrepreneur sucks. Like, <laughs> Amen. It was a, it's <clears throat> like you, 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 I mean, you guys know you, you guys go through it. Like you bleed and you bleed and you bleed and like, for years and it's like you're two or three you're like okay i can kind of see the light like i've made it this far and that's kind of when you start to turn the corner at least in my opinion and like i thought um i don't think i have an ego i try to be humble and relatable but like in my head i was like i'm smart enough to figure this out like i have a strategy i just need to execute it right. i've done it at the fortune 50 level like i can i can do this right and there's just shit you can't prepare for things you just don't know like there's nothing you can possibly do to prepare for things that happen to your business. And when it's yours, like you're the one, the, the buck stops with you. So I went through a lot of challenges, a lot of growing pains, a lot of different things. Um, but ultimately ending up where I am now, um, the partnership with Matt Colleg, um, he's a self-made entrepreneur, um, and his mentality, um, kind of aligned with mine and you took the leap of faith you know it, you know yeah, early on it, it, a, a little bit of 
a little bit of a leap of faith, but um, I just mean from the early, you know, the early stages what, of, you know, of really yeah, kind of it, it was entrepreneurship. Definitely but it was <clears throat> one of the things, um, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a big book reader, right? So um, a couple things that stuck with me, um, and maybe somebody will, will will take this away. So one of the things that Steve Jobs always said, and I always I, I just really pay close attention to Steve Jobs. I don't know why. Um, I always have, he's just, I find him incredibly fascinating, um, you know, bless his soul. But, um, I found him incredibly fascinating and I found Kobe Bryant incredibly fascinating and bless his soul as well, but stay hungry, stay foolish. Steve Jobs would say it all the time. Right. So I kept that mentality of following my heart. Like I am, I can, I will, I'm going to go out. I'm going to, you know. David Goggins says, you can't hurt me. You know, Howard White um, from who built Jordan brand believed to achieve, right? Those type of guys, Stuart Scott, you know, I fight every day, you know, Tony Dungy, be uncommon. All of those things really motivated me and kept me in check to see those. And you go, you tie it back to mentors, right? Like, I don't care if you're Tim Grover or your Tony Dungy, or your Steve Jobs, or your Goggins, or your Jeff Yund, or your Pat Lanny, I think they're all the same. I think that they're tremendous leaders, and I think that you need to have those type of mentors to push you and really extract that from you. If I didn't have that, um, I wouldn't have been hungry, and I wouldn't have been foolish, and that's kind of what motivates me to try to be limitless and keep going and leave a legacy and the Mamba mentality, like the, the, the things that Kobe would do are just so smart and operationally efficient and ingenious. Like you're talking to a just, diehard it, Kobe guy over here. It, it's just so like, I'm, I'm, yeah, like I just, I'm, it, it, I'm definitely with it, you there. It broke. And the, the, the timing is strange, right? Like with, with what happened to Kobe, but like I studied Kobe, I didn't like the man because I grew up from Cleveland and, you know, I was crushed. I was a LeBron guy. So, but like, you know, I was a, I was a Cleveland guy, but like the way that Kobe was wired, he conducted himself. Um, it's, and it's so funny to me, um, because that's, those are the type of things that kept me going to, 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 which I, I, I believe played a huge part into like continuing to build my career and to get experience and it's crazy to me because like, you know, I, I read tools of Titans, right. And now I'm on the set of billions on HBO with Stipe, the best heavyweight fighter ever, probably walked planet earth. And I'm sitting with Tim Ferriss and I'm like, dude, I, I do all the shit that you say in tools of tight, like tools of Titans, you know, like I'm, you know, I met Kobe Bryant at the ESPYs. Like I'm, I'm meeting the people that, I met David Goggins at a Modelo appearance in Orlando. Like it's absolutely wild. When I was in Chicago, I, I lived down the street from Tim Grover. Um, I got to meet Tony Dungy. Like I'm meeting the people who's, 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 who have shaped me from arm's length just through their message and through how they've conducted themselves 
um, professionally um, through whatever means necessary. A, a Kobe Bryant is obviously very different than a Tony Dungy, but not really. They're 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 wired differently, but the the outcome is the same, right? And or a Tom Brady, right? Like the way that these guys are just are, are machines. Um, and that's something that I, I look for and I admired. And I think that that's allowed me to, to do that. And then I got, I have, I'm so fortunate that I've had the chance to actually meet some of the people that I've looked up to forever um, in situations that I'm in now. And that's, and now I'm at a point in my life that I feel that, okay, I really hope that I can take the time to plug into to opportunities like this to pay it forward and to to tell my story and my message um and i hope that folks one day can take at least one or two things that i've learned and apply it to their life and i hope that it makes an impact and that's kind of that's my goal and that's what i'm driving towards you know i i am in sports and i do enjoy it and there's it's 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 the most volatile crazy thing in the entire it's the craziest business you could ever be and i'll tell you that but um you know, ultimately, I want to run a, a foundation. Um, I'd, I'd love to run a, a giving program and then privately seed it with my own money that I've made through my career and then start to publicly seed it and put it in my mom's name and be able to go out and pay it forward and give back to all the people that have helped me. And that's my ultimate goal. That's what I'm driving towards. Um, you know, you, we laugh about the Jerry Maguire stuff and, and all of that, but um, I don't, in my business model is a little different too. Like I'm not trying to be a big box agency. I'm not trying to be WME or CAA or be the best agent ever. Um, I'm somewhere in between. I don't want to be like a manager or a management company. Um, I want to be like a boutique nimble agency that I can actually take people like Miles Garrett. Right. Um, and I hope, you know, you can ask Miles. Um, I hope that I've made a positive impact on his life and helped him navigate through a really tricky situation because Miles Garrett is a fucking rock star and he is an incredible human being. And I see a lot in Miles, you know, I'm not the number one draft pick and I'm not the best sacker in the NFL. And I'm not probably, honestly, one of the most freakishly athletic people on planet Earth by any means. But I saw a lot of the same qualities in him that when I was that age, um, when folks stepped in and helped me. So that's kind of been my, that's what I enjoy about my clients and my business model um, in, is that I'm able to interact with folks that are extremely high touch, high net worth individuals. Um, but I don't work with a, a, a lot of knuckleheads. Like I would never, I don't work with position players really. I don't work with, you know, I work with Stipe Miocic. I mean, this dude is a firefighter. He has more he has more liquidity than any like he has nothing to prove to anybody. He's cleared out the heavyweight division. He's won more titles. He's from Northeast Ohio. He's blue collar. He's from Croatia. He's a father. He's a husband. He's like, he has nothing to prove to anybody, right? Like, and I'm around guys like that, or you know, you're around an Anthony Smith. Um, and Anthony Smith's story's crazy too. And and I'm around Miles, and and what happened last year is 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 tragic, and I'm glad Mason is okay. Um, you know, that was actually my I, first I, question I, on I, rapid I, fire. I, what was your I, take? So you kind of had two questions on the the first yeah, two was go for one it. was yeah, take hit, on, hit me. Hit yeah yeah one was on the take on on the Rudolph situation. You know, representing Miles, what's your what's your take on it? Um, 
not to ask a question back to a question, but from what perspective? Well, just so I, I know. Yeah, I'm just. I, I just think. Well, honest, preference. There, there's a there's a lot of there, there's a lot of threads there, right? There's a lot of different paths we can go down. Um, just the recent. That was probably one of the the one questions. Probably to stay away. Yeah, from. I, I just think there's 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 a there's a lot. Yeah, that's 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 the thing, right? Like, so this is a very 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 delicate situation. Sure. Um, that we've 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 we've. <laughs> Man, I wish I could. I, I wish I could go into all of the detail, but unfortunately, I can't. Um, Next question. But, <laughs> you know, you know, Miles, Miles Garrett. I'll tell you this, Miles Garrett. <clears throat> when I first met Miles, I thought Miles Garrett didn't fit my model. He wasn't a steep Amy Ochich, right? He's not a, a a first responder fire firefighter. He and 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 honestly, a lot of the guys that. I'm very, very, I've, I've found that I'm very, very good at taking guys that have crossed the 50 yard line and they are getting towards the red zone and taking them through the red zone across the goal line. Right. Like I've had a lot of success with guys like Stipe, right. Um, we'll just use him since he's an Ohio guy, um, or an Anthony Smith or whoever, right. Miles is a little different. Um, miles just turned 24, I think, um, just recently. So a lot of my clients are older than me. Miles is younger, but Miles, Miles has taught me a lot. When I first met Miles, I, th- I was like, holy shit, this dude is gigantic. What a, he's a freak. I've never, ever seen an athlete like this. I've seen a lot of athletes, right? He's the most athletic human being I've ever seen in my entire life. And he is, <clears throat> people think, you know, when you first meet him, people think he's an asshole. Um, and he's very standoffish, right? And he's not. He's just reserved. Like his story is incredible too. I mean, Miles is a philanthropist. I mean, he just got back from Africa digging well water for children in Africa. And that was planned. We planned that was planned way before any of this nonsense. You know, Miles writes writes poetry. He draws children's books. He likes anime. His dog's name's Gohan. I mean, he's up at he's up at at four or five in the morning, drawing, writing poetry, reflecting, watching the news. Um, he doesn't drink coffee. He drinks tea. I actually drink tea now instead of coffee. It's crazy. Like miles has impacted me. He's taught me things like, and he's just such a good, such a good dude. And he's so ahead of his time. Um, he is a, a, he is a, I think miles is a global icon and one of the most respectable men I've ever met trapped in this giant man's body that's 24 years old and he's he's taught me so much through this and even the way he's conducted himself um i know that through the media the ones of the media it hasn't been positive but i give you my word that miles garrett is one of the most outstanding humans ever but i asked miles what his goal was and he wants to leave the world a better place than when he found it that's his goal like he wants to be a great football player because he's super competitive and that's what he does. But he likes boxing. He likes basketball. Like he's, he's, he's a hell of a boxer. Like he could go box. He, wow. he could, he could hoop. And A&M asked him to hoop. Like he could go hoop in the league right now if he wanted to, but he plays football because that's, that's what he does. And he's good at it, but it's, that's for good. him, it's a platform. It's a platform to to not only be successful and draw and, and and grow and challenge himself and be competitive, but <clears throat> a way to earn revenue and and be able to to build his own personal brand and platform is in something we're doing that unfortunately 
we we started to do and um got derailed with some of this this stuff but yeah, and i was actually at you know we have a we have a we have a it's like i said right you know with my dad that shit sucks and it fucking hurts it hurts to this day you only get one dad and it it, it really it it sucks man i don't know how else to say it, it still hurts me and it impacts me every day and all you can do is move forward and i'm and that happened to me at an earlier age that i was able to 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 use that as positive momentum to move forward and i'm not happy I, I couldn't even I couldn't even believe it, right? It's a Thursday night game, five minutes left, the Browns are up 14. I don't even know why Miles was playing. It's a whole different story. But like Miles gets incentivized by sacks. There's eleven seconds to the left. Mason Rudolph had the ball. He sacked him, right? Like I could walk you through the whole thing. I've watched it six thousand times. I was in all of the hearings. Like I obviously repre- I represent Miles. So, you know, I know all of the story and I, I think I, I may have reacted the same, honestly. If I was in his situation, I'm not saying what he did was right. We take full accountability for our actions. Now, being suspended indefinitely is, I think, illegal. It's it's unprecedented. Under Article 46 of the CBA, you can't be suspended indefinitely. But, like, we don't need to go down all that path. But what I will say is that, you know, for Miles to go through that point of adversity at that age in his first contract at a team that is still still growing and learning – that has, you know, in a city that's very, very passionate and supportive, um, I think is a great situation for him. And I'm super excited. I think Miles, <clears throat> Miles has lived in a pressure cooker his whole life. Eighth grade, he's the best athlete ever at every sport. His brother played in the NBA. His sister is an incredible track and field athlete, uh, almost Olympian if she could be. And Miles was the best high school football player, him and Kyler Murray. And Miles was the number one draft pick at AM. And he's always had this pressure. So he's never had a chance to not play football. Well, we've used this time to reflect and to think and to grow. And the maturity that I've seen come out of him is is amazing. And then and he has a clean slate and he's had the time to to do things he's never had the ability to do before, like go to Africa and help folks and and you know, there's so many behind it. You know, he he won't tell you this, but he goes to Metro Hos- Metro Hospital and and helps folks there. He he helps mentor kids. He's he sponsored and bought Christmas presents for the basketball league. He was allowed to play since he wasn't in the NFL. He's always allowed to play basketball, which he loves. Sponsored the kids league. Like he's done so many great things in this time, and now he has a clean slate, a new coach in a city that's super passionate about a sport. And I think that. Miles is going to be, he's going to have a tremendous career. And, and it, it's funny for me to say that I, I, I'm not saying I had anything to do with it necessarily, but like, I, I hope he, he pulled a few things away from me um, and, and learn, but you know, honestly, I learn a lot from my athletes. Like Stipe's taught me a lot about adversity, right? Being the underdog. Francis Nagano, right? Like Stipe put on a clinic for 25 minutes against the, the guy that was supposed to demolish him. Anthony Smith, the thing that the, the things that he's gone through, you know, he's taught me how to be a champion. Miles Garrett, like, had his livelihood taken away from him. Um, and I think that a lot of people can relate to that because of even what's going on right now. It's like it's ironic, right? It's we're on the underdog podcast on Good Friday during the midst of a global pandemic. 
and and we have guys out there doing the right thing. Steve is at the firehouse. Miles is out helping people. Like they're using their platforms to do good. And to me, that's what it's all about. And at the end of the day, I think that's that's what it should be about. And that's what my business is about. That's that's what I've built. My model's a little different, right? Like it's very untraditional. It's it's full service, fully integrated. We have everything, but that's that's why I take that approach with my athletes from a business perspective is because I have everything in house. I can do your PR. I can do your marketing. I can do your contracts. I can do your wealth management. I can do, I can do anything, everything that you need soup to nuts. I got, but the reason I have that, obviously it's good because I can show ROI and I can make my clients more money. Um, And if my clients make more money, then obviously I have the ability to be able to save money and be able to fund my own foundation which is my goal. Um, so it's mutually beneficial. Um, but really at the end of the day, it's about paying forward and making impact and helping people that are in those struggles so that, you know, I think if you look at it, an underdog, it's about leaving a legacy. Um, and to me, that's what it's about is leaving legacy. And I hope that, you know, God forbid when I keel over, I hope they say, you know what, Jim Walter was a good dude and he went through some shit, but he really impacted, even if I help one person, right. I think that that's, that's the mark I want to leave. Um, and I think that the blessing for me is that I have a lot of clients that think the same way. Yeah. So we're, and just we're, so- we're more of a team team than we are, uh, anything else. So, um, those are the type of clients that I like to work with and I enjoy working with, um, that we're really successful with. And, and that's, you know, obviously it's a business and, and there's huge financial opportunities, but giving back. And being philanthropic is is a pillar of what we do. No doubt. Um, and, I, and I think you on the and, underdog. And that's 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 the and that's the bottom line. Um, I think that's you know the underdog mentality, and that's what motivates me is to to continue to to keep being the underdog and to to keep having that fire lit under my ass. Um, and I hope that I can bring out the best in folks because that's how you, you scale and grow and you pay it forward. Um, and that's exactly what you've done, man. And you know, I would say that, you know, you definitely have, have, have created you are an underdog. Yeah. Like you, you said you, you've accomplished, you've overcame adversity, you've accomplished it. And on behalf of my, I'm a season ticket holder in Cleveland was actually up there for there. Had to throw this out there. These guys are rolling their eyes right now, but I'm a diehard Cleveland fan. I moved around a lot as a little kid. I was a Browns backer. Yep. But I appreciate you representing Cleveland, even though I never formerly lived there. I lived all over Ohio, but what's it? Born and raised, was up there for all the for 2016 championship. Been a season ticket holder when they're 0 and 16, and I'm 30 years old buying season tickets. So I'm, I'm right there with you. I appreciate your passion and, and you representing not only the underdog mentality and showing that through this podcast, but you know representing in a positive way and pushing people to do great things in the community. Um, really, really appreciate your time and everything that you've done uh, in Ohio and Northeast Ohio and across the country now. So uh, really proud of you. Yeah. And, and, and likewise, fellas, I just, I can't say enough, you know, about what you guys have done without, um, like I said, I, if I'm, if I'm keeping it real with you and I'm being 100, um, I don't really enjoy doing things like this. Um, one, I just, you know, media things, um, it, it's just, it's not for me. Um, if I do get free time, I, I would rather spend it selfishly, honestly, to reinvest in myself because I'm constantly, I mean, I'm, I'm 
in a service business, right? So like I'm constantly serving. So, and I enjoy that uh, a lot, but like sometimes you need some time for yourself. But on the flip side too, like if I'm taking the time to do this right now, I'm not, I'm not working for my client. So right. you see a lot of people that are promoting their agencies and their brands and brand building and making their agency this and that. Like I was JW management agency when I started, right? Like I didn't have a logo. I didn't have a website. I didn't have any of that stuff. Um, but unfortunately I grew to a point that I had to bring in a consulting firm, ironically enough to rebrand me. Um, so I was able to make the next step. Um, <clears throat> but I, I wouldn't, and I don't want to come off the wrong way, but I think investing my time and you guys investing your time and providing the, a platform like this to tell these type of stories, I really, really hope that you continue your success and you continue the momentum and anything I can do to help um, to do that. Um, I know that uh, we will impact folks and, and, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, no, absolutely. We would love to, uh, if any of your athletes, you know, we can spread more positive stories that they're doing, whether it's, you know, Stipe, I know those guys, I'm sure you're getting pulled out from a lot of different directions, but anyone that uh, we can share their underdog story that they have 30, 45 minutes to an hour. I know we went a little long here, but really appreciate your time. It's very valuable um, coordinating this and, and anything we can do, uh, please keep us in mind. And uh, as your story continues to evolve, we'd love to have you on down the road. Yeah, man. Appreciate your time. You know, uh, definitely a lot of, a lot of nuggets that we could take away uh, and listening to your journey over the years, uh, you know, keep, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you know, definitely becoming a huge fan. I don't know if I ever become a Browns fan, but I'm <laughs> definitely a fan of yours, man. So definitely looking forward to, uh, to big things from you as you continue, uh, down your journey of success. How can people follow you, Jim? Uh, if you want to let people know that are listening, how to follow Jim Walter and what you're doing. Yeah. Um, you can follow me. I'm, I'm on Instagram, um, and social media. I'm, I'm at Jim Walter. Um, awesome. Well, thanks again, Jim. And it's great talking to you. I know we'll be in touch. Maybe when I get up to uh, a game up in Cleveland, I'll look you up. We, we can connect. So it'd be great. I know you're busy, but would love to love to see you in person. For sure. I'd love the opportunity. All right. Thanks brother. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Thanks again. Appreciate you. All right, man. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the underdog podcast. Please subscribe and rate our podcast on the Apple and Google podcast apps and send our Twitter handle a screenshot of your rating at underdog pod with your shirt size for a chance to win a free t-shirt. See you next week on the U D P.